Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching Tesla Time News. Episode 358 on Now You Know. Thank you to Moomoo for sponsoring today's show. We really like Moomoo's earnings hub feature. For example, it offers the analysis of Tesla's previous earnings reports, including the Q1 2023 earnings, to help you make more informed predictions about the upcoming earnings. You can keep track of Tesla-related news, updates, and announcements leading up to the earnings release. You can also research reports and analyst predictions about Tesla's Q2 earnings, including comments from financial KOLs and other users. And these give you a sense of market sentiment and expectations. More than this, you can directly book and watch the Tesla conference call. Then the complete earnings reports, Q&A records, and the visualized analysis of the reports will also be updated after the earnings release. Moomoo really is a one-stop trading platform you shouldn't miss. The best part is right now they're giving away free stocks. If you sign up using our link and deposit just $100, you will get five free stocks and a $50 cash reward. If you deposit $1,000, you will receive 10 more free stocks. And if you deposit $5,000, you will get one full share of Tesla or Expedia. That means in total, you'll receive up to 16 free stocks. And if you're signing up with Moomoo in Australia and deposit any amount, you can get three free stocks and an extra seven free stocks if you deposit $2,000. Use the link in the description for more details and join Moomoo today. You can choose when to trade, but don't miss out on the big bonus. Good job, Tesla Owners UK. Yeah, last Thursday they tweeted exclusive. We can reveal a new Tesla version 4 supercharger with contactless bank card area and space for a screen. Global debut at Goodwood. Now, you have to look closely to see it because everything is black on black, um, but you can just make out a rectangle with rounded corners above a credit card reader. Now, you may be asking, why would Tesla need to install a credit card reader? Superchargers have worked great for 10 years without any. And that's true. The superchargers up until recently were used just by Tesla owners. And so within the Tesla universe, the car and the charger and the Tesla app all communicated nicely. All was good in the world. But now two things have changed. Number one, Tesla is opening up the supercharger network to non-Teslas. And number two, there's billions of dollars of federal money available for charging networks. Okay, so the first point, Tesla did open up the supercharger network to non-Teslas already. And for that pilot program, it meant that non-Tesla owners had to use the Tesla app. Well, through two years of negotiations, Ford got Tesla to agree to let Ford customers use their Ford Pass app to charge instead. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's loading. It's loading. <laughs> I'm so glad they wasted two years of our lives for this. You know, you have to hold the start button. And while you're holding it, you can't see what you're doing. Do you think that's going to be the same for the charging, too? <laughs> I wouldn't want to start charging unless I absolutely needed to. Hold the button the whole time you're charging. <laughs> So this may not seem like a big deal, but it is. You see, Ford didn't want its customers to enter the Tesla universe any more than they had to. Yeah, having a Ford customer with the Tesla app meant that Ford customers would begin to see past the matrix. Wait, I'm still living in a pod? 
And to the second point, if Tesla wants its superchargers to be eligible for that sweet, sweet federal subsidy money, it needs to have some way at the supercharger for customers to pay, hence the credit card reader. Now, I know, I know. Electrify America and other charging networks constantly have problems with their screens and their card readers. On a Tesla supercharger, one reason why they're so reliable is that there's really nothing customer facing to break. It's very Tesla, the best part is no part kind of thing. What I'm hoping is that this very small and unobtrusive screen and card reader will be robust and reliable, unlike the EA screens, which run on Windows and are often not working when you arrive to charge. So, I mean, I think the important thing to remember here is that the card readers don't have to be bad. Um, <laughs> and what I mean is there's plenty it's not of your fault. <laughs> there's plenty of card readers out there in the world that you use every day and they're robust and they don't break. So it's it's just that EA has such a horrible system. <laughs> uh, number two, I think this is super good for Tesla because there's going to be more federal money rolling in. But you might be asking, what about the existing superchargers? I mean, are we going to have to retrofit card readers onto them? I think that it's something that Tesla could do if they wanted, or they can leave this very robust skeleton of a, of a supercharger network up and running. For, skeleton? I know. It's more like a full <laughs> creature um, up and running just for the Tesla owners and either retrofit certain ones to match uh, federal regulations or uh, I don't know. I mean, it'll take time to do almost any of this stuff, but I, I would say no more than like two years to get probably 80 percent of them changed out if they wanted to, to do that. Yeah, my guess is it's going to be like a little hole. They'll run some wires into this thing that they just like stick on with 3M tape or, you know, some screws. Right. I mean, I think that it's not a big deal to add. I'm sure that like at some point in the design process, they're like, OK, we'll leave some, you know, some ports so if we can plug in a card reader if we need to. Um, it's just that they haven't been using them up until to this point. And then the last question I have is 800 volts. Do you think this new V4 has 800 volt architecture? It would make sense, especially if they're sharing a charge. This is something that I think we should talk about sometime else. But the gist of it is there's a lot of uh, EVs out there, non-Tesla EVs that switch to a 800 volt system, which means that the supercharger network, which is roughly 400 volts, uh, can't do much for them. Right. They have to have their own DC to DC charger, which means they get way less kilowatts. Yeah, we'll talk about that later, I guess. So AutoTrader released a report last week of the most searched car brands in the U.S. by state. So what do they find? They use Google data. So, I mean, anyone can do this, really. You can ask Google about their most searched terms broken down by all sorts of metrics. But what they found was this. OK, so let me see. Red is Tesla. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of states. Yeah, the most states. Uh, in 25 out of the 50 states, Tesla was the most searched car brand. And I mean, what's misleading about this picture is that it's some of the most populated states and some of the biggest car states like California, New York, Florida, Illinois, Pennsylvania and Arizona. Yeah, there are over 60,000 searches for Tesla's for sale every month. Jeep took the second spot with 21 states. Toyota got three states, including Vermont, which I thought would be Subaru. <laughs> uh, but that adds up to 49. Oh, yeah. Michigan. Michigan went with Land Rover as their most searched for car brand. <gasps> People in Detroit are looking for cars that are not made in America. How dare you? So that, this makes me wonder about the world, though. I mean, what's the most searched for car brand worldwide? Well, AutoTrader also analyzed 132 countries around the world and came up with this. OK, so same thing. Tesla is in red. 
And there's a lot of red on that chart. Yep. Tesla is the most searched for car brand in the world. Out of the 132 countries, Tesla came up number one in the most number of countries, 39 of them to be exact. Countries like the US, China, Spain, France, Germany, and Australia. What was number two? Jeep, surprisingly enough. 27 countries like India, Mexico, Iceland, and the Philippines search for Jeep the most, followed by BMW with 20 countries, Toyota with 18, Mercedes with 11, Lamborghini with eight. Wait, which countries search for Lamborghini? I'm curious. Uh, Myanmar, Burundi, Cayman Islands, Honduras, Montserrat, Dominica, Indonesia, and Papua New Guinea. Uh, then there was Ferrari with six and Land Rover with three. So Brazil searched for Ferrari. Whereas Senegal searched for Ford. Ah, Senegal. They love <laughs> Americans. I guess this data also shows which countries are realistic and which ones aren't. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's, I mean, look, a lot of people commented and said that, like, this doesn't really matter because, you know, if you search for a car, it doesn't mean you're going to buy it. But that's per person. On average, if most people are searching for a brand, that means they're very interested in that brand. Well, and what's interesting is that a lot of these countries that search for Tesla, you can't even, like, buy one in, like right. Brazil. And as if Elon didn't already have enough on his plate. Elon announced a new startup last week, XAI, announcing formation of XAI to understand reality. Didn't Elon already start an AI company called OpenAI? Well, Elon did found OpenAI in 2015 as a nonprofit meant to work on AI so that no one entity would control it. When Elon left the board of directors in 2018, Sam Altman took over and as the new CEO turned it into a for-profit company in 2019 and seems to be hinting at becoming a publicly traded company. He wants to spend $100 billion. You got to get the money somewhere. Microsoft has invested a billion dollars so far, along with investments from Reid Hoffman and Peter Thiel. Okay, so what does Elon want to do with XAI? Well, on XAI's website, it says they want to understand the universe. Okay, but aren't Tesla investors going to be mad? Because, I mean, they're already mad that Elon has shifted too much of his focus away from Tesla and onto Twitter. And also, I mean, hasn't Elon hinted that he's going to rename Twitter into X? So how does XAI relate to that? Well, on the XAI website, it says we are a separate company from X Corp, but we'll work closely with X, Twitter, Tesla, and other companies to make progress towards our mission. And I think that should answer your first question. Maybe some Tesla shareholders will be mad, the ones that don't actually get what they invested in. Tesla investors have invested in this company founded by and led by this extraordinary person, Elon Musk, a person with an amazing mix of qualities that I don't think I've ever witnessed before. A person who is curious, kind-hearted, honest, incredibly smart, driven, fearless, who thinks long-term about what is best for humanity. Some investors may think that it's best if a CEO focuses on quarterly numbers and financials. I think what Elon is showing is that this is an outdated business model. To me, Elon is like taking the best qualities of the Captain Kirk, Mr. Spock, Bones, Scotty, Star Trek universe, right? All of them, rolling them into one, you get the grit, the intellect, the compassion, and the courage that is completely unstoppable and pretty much everything he sets his sights on. Now Elon is focusing on something that he's already focusing on at Tesla, AI, because that is what FSD is, AI. And that is what Optimus is, AI. Instead of looking at this as, Elon's taking his eye off the Tesla ball. You should be looking at it as, Elon is combining all of his superpowers to all help each other into an unstoppable juggernaut of companies. So case in point, SpaceX works on super alloys for rocket engines, right? Those engineers help Tesla develop alloys never seen before in car factories to make one piece gigacastings. Solving problems 
takes great engineers, and Elon just keeps attracting the best in the world to solve the world's toughest problems. And that's just it. The best engineers in the world, the best minds are driven to solve incredibly tough problems and they don't want to work on little meaningless problems. I would say that by having this huge smattering of companies, you can attract an engineer who's like, I want to work on big things, which means that they want to work hard and solve big problems. But again, they don't want to just focus on one thing. They don't want to. I don't want to just work at a car company. What if I get interested in AI? Because I'm a smart, intelligent engineer. Exactly. I mean, Tesla slash SpaceX's head of engineering came from Apple and he wouldn't have taken the job if Elon hadn't said you can work on both rockets and electric cars. Because again, wouldn't you rather have a job that was like a little bit more varied than like, well, you're going to come into work and uh, you're going to try and get those TPS reports done that nobody likes that. So by Elon asking to solve the toughest problems, how do we reland rockets? How do we get to Mars? How do we drive cars autonomously? How do we change from fossil fuels to clean electricity to power our world? How do we understand the universe? He attracts the smartest minds in the world to come to his company. Otherwise, they'd be like, well, maybe I'll go work at my buddy's AI startup. Now they're going to go, oh, I could work at an AI startup that's also Tesla and SpaceX. Yeah, Elon tweeted, and what are the most fundamental unknown questions? Once you know the right question to ask, the answer is often the easy part, as my hero Douglas Adams would say. So there was a Twitter Spaces last Friday where Elon introduced some of the new XAI team. I really think you should listen to it. It was really cool uh, to grow an AI with the ambition for it to help humanity and not destroy it. And Elon had everyone on the team introduce themselves. And I think that was to show that anyone who's curious and smart and hardworking enough should apply. They talked about how AI is hopefully going to answer, you know, dark energy and the nature of gravity and the Fermi paradox and the fragility of consciousness in the universe. And the XAI mission statement is what the hell is really going on is what Elon basically said. So we're going to discuss this more on the Investor Club bonus stories this week because there's something huge related to Tesla's full self-driving. And all I'll say right now is that they have solved it. Hey, if you want to help out the show and spread this show with more people, hit the like button. It really helps us out. Okay, this summer, we've been telling you about how one of the best nonprofits fighting climate change is running its annual EV raffle. Tickets are still available. And here are three reasons why you should enter right now. Number one, the prizes are amazing. You could win a Lucid Air Grand Touring with a 500-mile battery at a value of $138,000. You could win that. Or choose a Rivian SUV or the R1T truck plus 10 years worth of free charging. Or the Tesla Model X Plaid. Number two, our friends at the Chesapeake Climate Action Network Fund do amazing work. They use all the proceeds to fight for clean energy nationwide. You can check out our interview with the head of their organization, Mike Tidwell, here. And three, the odds of winning are stunning. No more than 5,500 total tickets will be sold. One of the best odds that we've seen for an EV raffle. To enter, just visit evraffle.org. That's evraffle.org. Tickets are just $200. The raffle runs through the summer, but it sold out early last year, well before the drawing. So visit evraffle.org today so you don't miss out. Now, what would you choose? Uh, Model S Plaid. Oh, the Model S Plaid. Oh, right. You can get the Model X or the S Plaid. So you'd go S Plaid. I would go S Plaid. Yeah, it's the hmm. fastest. Of them. So I might go X Plaid. I don't know. Well, you like Model Xs. So do you remember the cyber quad for kids that Tesla started selling in the U.S. last year? I do. Uh, Tesla sold out of the first 5,000 units real quick, and it wasn't cheap either. Yeah, it cost $1,900, has a 500-watt motor, and a 288-watt-hour battery pack. So if it sold out so quickly, then why didn't Tesla make more? I mean, it must have great margins. Well, don't you remember? The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission pulled it in October of last year. Why? Uh, well, they got a complaint from a 36-year-old woman who wrote it and fell off and got a bruise. 
but it's a children's toy. I mean, it wasn't made for a grown-up. Well, to be fair, the CPSC said that they pulled it because it failed to meet federal safety standards for youth ATVs. Specifically, the CyberQuad lacks a mechanical suspension and has a maximum tire pressure that is too high. I mean, we've ridden tons of e-scooters and e-bikes that I would argue are far more dangerous than this. Well, I think the Tesla has come up with a good workaround. Like filling the tires with less air? No, uh, Tesla just launched the CyberQuad for kids on their Chinese website. But don't bother trying to order one because it's already sold out. Now, not sure how many Tesla made in the first batch, but I'm guessing it was probably another 5,000 again. And it looks like Tesla is stressing that this is just for kids. Yeah, it says right there at the top, applicable age, 8 to 12 years old. And looking at the specs, it appears that the Chinese version isn't as powerful as it doesn't have as big a battery. That's right, Bob. It's just a 350-watt motor versus 500 watts on the U.S. version. And with a top speed of just 8 kilometers an hour, it's probably going to be hard to hurt yourself. So Tesla's going to start selling these in China. What are the odds that we're going to start to see these on AliExpress? (laughs) Pretty high. They're already all over eBay. So, I mean, this is just a way for them to sell it, you know, kind of through some back channels. Right. <laughs> no, I think it's a fun toy. I just think it's kind of sad that we live in a nanny state where, I mean, it's like, well, like, you can't have that. I mean, if it was really a dangerous thing, right. sure, I'm all for safety. If it was like, oh, the rear axle snaps right. if you weigh over like 50 pounds. But here's the thing. Suspension on something that's going to go this slow. Mm. Like, I mean, it, it's a little kid's toy. Like, well, hang on. We have a classification for that. Mm. Oh, it's a USATV? Mm. Yep, that has to have mechanical suspension. I mean, yeah, w- you can put a kid on an electric bike Right. And it's he's way higher off the ground, way more chance to get hurt. Uh, there's no suspension on most e-bikes. And so it's it only has like, two wheels. Right. <laughs> but hell no. Yeah. Get off that thing, Timmy. Anyway, uh, there must be lots of these out in the world. So please send us some photos and videos of your kids having fun on them or falling off and getting hurt. I don't know. So if you've been thinking about buying a Model 3 or a Model Y recently, you might want to consider ordering it soon. Tesla has recently updated language on their website, which reads, there will likely be reductions to the federal tax credit after December 31st, 2023. What? I mean, I thought the IRA incentives were going to last into the like 2030s or something. They are, but the requirements for those incentives change every year. So firstly, the requirement for critical minerals in the battery changes from 40% this year to 50% next year. Basically, in 2024, 50% or more of the battery minerals must come from the U.S. or a country that has a free trade agreement with the U.S. Secondly, the requirement for battery components changes from 50% to 60%, which is a similar requirement, this time referring to where those battery minerals are put together. This time, 60% must be built in the U.S. or a country with a free trade agreement with the U.S. And lastly, as amended by Section 13401, Paragraph E of the Inflation Reduction Act 30D, Paragraph D, Part 7. The term new clean vehicle does not include any vehicle placed in service after December 31st, 2023, with respect to which any of the components contained in the battery of such vehicle were manufactured or assembled by a foreign entity of concern. What's a foreign entity of concern? Well, in this case, it basically just means China, but it also includes Russia, North Korea and Iran. Why is it when something happens, it is always you three? Believe me, Professor, I've been asking myself the same question for six years. Man, this is confusing. Yeah, most people just want to buy a car, not delve into the subsections of tax code. So, okay, wait a minute. So not only are they making the you know requirements more stringent to basically, you know, you could argue making it in the U.S. is clean and, and good because America and we were just so great at making things cleanly and not polluting. Uh, but then you have all the countries that we have free trade agreements with. Um 
So this feels a lot more like geopolitics. It is. Than any kind of like, we're doing this for the environment. I mean, they snuck that little China thing in there. Right. So then there's this this last one, which only kicks off in 2020, at the end of 2023. Um, and then, in fact, in 2025, they, you can't even get battery minerals right. from uh, any foreign entities of concern. Um, so that's that's going to be tricky for basically all EV manufacturers. I mean, unless they were using it as a way to make some agreements with China, like maybe they would, uh, you know, hey, we'll amend it and change it. I don't know if they can without Congress's approval. Well, all they have to do is take them off the foreign entity of concern. Oh, right. So that's that's easier. Yeah. You just just say, well, they're no longer on the list. Yeah. This is going to have a major effect because so many things in our cars come from China, whether we know it or not. And so this is why Tesla is issuing this warning. They're like, hey, we don't know exactly what's going to be happening. So just to just a fair warning, you might want to order your car now. And I mean, Tesla's actually being really nice to do that because a lot of car manufacturers should do this. A lot of them are going to have the same exact problems. Right. So, yeah, consumers, you might want to think about moving faster rather than slower. Unless this is just a way to increase demand before the Highland comes out and that the Highland is going to come out January 1st, 2024. Oh, Project Highland. Yeah, the new refresh. So the refresh Model 3 So that's the date you think is coming out? I don't know. Okay. Maybe. Speaking of EV prices, Ford just made a big announcement. It seems that they are putting the finishing touches on their Rouge Electric Vehicle Center in Michigan, which Ford says will let them run triple production of their F-150 Lightning to an annual run rate of 150000 That's cool. But uh, what does this have to do with the prices? Well, you know it comes with scale. Lower prices? Yep. Well, how low? Well, beginning in October, Ford says new customers will be able to buy an F-150 Lightning for... $10,000 cheaper? Yeah, on on the lowest trim there, the Pro, and also uh, $9,500 cheaper on the XLT 311A. I don't know what that is. Oh, the oh, of course, the XLT 311A. I'm Not the XLT 312A. No. Or the XLT 312A extended range. No, no, no. no. Don't confuse that. Don't be. It's so simple to not be confused. Um, but it looks like you'll be able to get a sub $50,000 price, and you can even save another $1,000 bonus by using Ford's website to build your XLT, Lariat, or Platinum before July 31st. Okay, but not the Pro. No. So you can't get the Pro before... Well, with the $1,000 bonus. Oh, okay. But you're already getting a cheaper car. I get it. Okay. Yeah, but so I'm, what I want to talk about here yeah. is, so sub 50000 is awesome. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much the pricing that Ford was talking about in the very, very beginning years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, add in the federal tax credit, because this would qualify. Yep. So that's $7,500. You might have a state tax credit. So you could be talking, if your state offers, let's say, $2,500 off, you could be talking sub $40,000 for, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it has the extended range or anything, but like for a pretty decent pickup truck. So, I mean, I want to talk about this. So you'd be getting the tax credit if you're an individual. Would businesses, because I mean, our Ford F-150 Lightning is at, what is it, 6,015 pounds? Yeah. No, it just so, gets that Hummer tax credit. Yeah, you can get the, yeah. But will. Oh, the, but it has the extended range battery. It does. So it's heavier. So like, will the Pro not qualify because it's too light? Oh, for taking all the deduction in one year? Right. The, um, you know, the the business credit. I don't know. You'd have to check and see what the weight is. I don't think it would be heavy enough. (laughs) Unless they just added a bunch (laughs) of cinder blocks. We've got some lead in there. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Um, But I want to talk about Cybertruck pricing. Mm. Um, Tesla hasn't released the prices yet, right? Right. Maybe this is going to nudge Tesla towards lower prices if they think they have to compete with this. Well, because here's a big question. I mean, you know, it's great that Ford wants to lower the prices and stuff like that. Are they going to be able to actually make money? Because right now, 
um, when you go and you buy a Ford Lightning, uh, Ford loses a uh, hundred. It's a hundred percent negative margin. So you buy a truck, and they basically take a, a truck's worth of of stuff and just burn it. They don't, but I mean that's equivalent in money. No, this is a really good question. Is is Jim Farley doing this because Cybertruck is coming out in September, we think, and this would happen in October. So is he trying to steal some of, you know, Tesla's thunder so he can come out and be like, yeah, go buy that overpriced cyber thingy, but you can I come to Ford. I for real right. Americans. Um, also, isn't he creating the Osborne effect? Right. Why would you buy a truck right now? Right. Why, why would you wait till October? Or is he doing this so that Ford owners won't be upset in October when he does this? Like, because if he didn't announce it now and then you he just waited till the day before. Yeah. I, I don't, It must have something to do with dealers, too. They, they like to know well in advance. I guess so. I don't know. Let us know what you guys think. I mean, I think it's good news. I feel like most Lightning buyers aren't paying attention to this. They just go to their Ford dealer and buy whatever the Ford dealer tells them. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I'm sure that there's, you know, informed Ford owners in, you know, watching right now. I just don't know if like everybody else is, you know, up to speed on this stuff. What are you doing? You, you can't flash gang signs on the show. This isn't a gang sign. This is the Cybertruck sign. Check it out. That's a heart sign. Well, yes, that's a heart sign. But look around the photo and you'll see the Cybertruck sign. Left forefinger, right thumb, <laughs> the Cybertruck. I'm so excited I can hardly contain myself. So Tesla announced on Saturday, first Cybertruck built at Giga Texas. Now, hopefully on this week's Tesla earning call, which is on Wednesday, we'll get a delivery timeline update. But as of the last official comment, Tesla is planning a delivery event around the end of Q3, which points to September. Okay, so let's talk about this first Cybertruck. Uh, what we've been seeing on the roads up until now have been hand-built Cybertrucks, either early prototypes or production intent vehicles. Right. This first Cybertruck most likely went through the production line so that Tesla could get the robots and the processes on the production line tuned. It most likely used supplier parts, but I'm guessing some of those parts weren't yet high-volume produced parts. Like some parts may have been early production intent parts as well, you know, maybe 3D printed. But, but I mean, look, this is really good news. Mm. What I think everyone wants to know now is what are the Cybertruck variants going to cost? Because there's no way that Tesla can deliver on the original $39,900 rear-wheel drive Cybertruck. Right. It does seem impossible at this point with so much inflation having happened. But look, if Tesla could somehow eventually get to a sub $50,000 Cybertruck, I mean the lowest variant, I think that would be huge. Just like we talked about with Ford, a sub $50,000 truck, that's where most people in the country need the truck to be at. And I just want to discuss this point here because a lot of people I see on the internet are saying that like, oh, they're not going to have the rear-wheel drive ever. Ever, even though hundreds of thousands of people signed up for it and that they say that there's going to be a quad motor Cybertruck and we have had no official confirmation that that is true. Tesla has not said a word, a mums the word nothing. It's so hard to report on this stuff, right? Because there's just so many rumors and right. we don't want to report on rumors or things we hope will happen. Right. We've got to report on what's actually come out from Tesla. And I think that a lot of people kind of took when Tesla took the Cybertruck order page offline, you know, and you couldn't configure your truck, they were like, oh, see that point? Points to, I mean, they just have so many orders. They're going right. to be backed up for years with just the people that are on the list right now. Right. Um, so I think that that's why they took it off the list. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's going to be no single motor. I could be, I could very well be wrong. Tesla could come out and say like, we have the dual and the tri motor, and maybe they have a quad motor. Like they haven't said anything. Well, and also it could take a while before they come out with the lower variants. That's... Right. They've always done that. Right. All car companies do that. That'd they come be my out guess. with the higher tiers, and then they eventually come out with the lower ones. Right. 
And look, just in case you thought that all of this was some kind of hoax, that like this picture with all these people was, you know, was just the prototype. Here are some leaked shots of inside the factory and you can see some fully assembled Cybertruck frames. So it looks like we can really put the stainless steel exoskeleton to bed. This looks like it's aluminum castings front and rear and stamped steel or aluminum sides. I think for the next long while, yes, but it may be possible that the stainless steel exoskeleton could come back. Um, maybe they're still thinking of doing it. Yeah, it doesn't look too promising at the moment. Right. Seeing a body that is not a <laughs> exoskeleton, you're right. Um, but you know what is promising news for Cybertruck in general? A Cybertruck was spotted with wheel force transducers on it. What do those do? So we've caught a glimpse of these on the Model Y. They're used to help tune the drivetrain and suspension. Basically, the transducers can measure all the forces being acted upon the wheel in real time. And then engineers can use that data to change motor power, brake actions, suspension dampening, and stuff like that to make for a better driving experience. So for example, we saw this being used on the Model Y's crazy off-road mode, where it'll basically break the spinning wheel, the, the wheel that's like up off the ground, it'll break that wheel independently, which will then force the power to go to the other wheel, which helps you to keep the car moving forward even when you're doing crazy off-road stuff in a Model Y. So this is really good news and it kind of points to the truck coming out soon. Yeah, I mean, you don't start tuning this stuff unless you know exactly how the truck is going to be built. So, I mean, this could be on a truck that was built off the line or at least assembled with production components. That's cool. And hey, you know, we wouldn't get like most of these stories if it weren't for the Cybertruck Owners Club. Mm. They are an amazing resource for Cybertruck fans. Uh, they have a great community, a great forum. Um, and this is where we get like most of our news on Cybertruck stuff. Yeah, go check them out. They help sponsor the show. We just reviewed the Electron Tesla to J1772 plug adapter over on our Analyst Review channel. So if you have a Tesla wall charger, but you also want to be able to charge non-Tesla EVs, kind of like what the supercharger network is starting to do, then you might want to check this out. Yeah, say a family member comes over for the holidays with their Chevy Bolt, but you're a Tesla family, uh, so you don't have any way to charge the car. Well, with this adapter, you can. See, we don't just review e-bikes and e-scooters on Knowledge Review. We also review EV chargers, kitchen composters, solar generators, aka batteries, and a lot more. So go check out Now Let's Review. We'd really appreciate it so that we can keep bringing you useful and thorough reviews. So we're beginning to see the first cracks, my friends. All these big auto companies that said EVs weren't the future and then dragged their feet. Well, it's coming back to bite them. Another one bites the dust. The first casualty could be... Mitsubishi. The Japanese automaker quietly let it be known last week that they're suspending operations in China, the largest auto market in the world. Why, you ask? Because they can't compete in a market which has seen BEV sales of 2 million in just the first five months of this year, up 51.5% year over year. Meanwhile, during that same period, ICE car sales have dropped 7%. So here's a chart of Mitsubishi's sales in China. So it looks like they've been doing really well until 2020. By the way, when did Tesla Shanghai Gigafactory open? Oh, uh, let me see. Yeah. That was January 2020. Ah. Coincidence? <laughs> Mitsubishi in China peaked with 134,500 cars sold in 2019, and then last year sold just 34,500. Now, how many of those were EVs? You mean the Mitsubishi AirTech EV? 515. But hey, don't worry about Mitsubishi. They say they're going to electrify their whole lineup by 2035 and add four new EV models. 12 years from now? It's only 12 years. I mean, let's just think back 12 years <laughs> yeah. in the EV world here. So let's see, pre-Model S. 
Well, I mean, and you mentioned that it, it's so funny to see how these companies that were the first to make electric cars are having so much trouble actually seeing the future that is indeed electric. Yeah. Mitsubishi made one of the first lithium battery powered mass produced EVs, the iMiev. It came out in 2009. It only had a 16 kilowatt hour battery pack with about 60 miles of range. And Mitsubishi discontinued it in 2017. Currently, Mitsubishi doesn't have a BEV for the American or European market um, that isn't a hybrid. That's correct. I do want to point out that the AirTech EV is actually made by the GAC Mitsubishi Partnership. That's a joint venture with Guangzhou Auto Corporation. So I don't even know if Mitsubishi should get much credit for having an EV in their lineup. Oh, and here's the memo from Mitsubishi management announcing this. In the past few months, management and shareholders have tried to the best of our ability, but due to market conditions and with great reluctance and regret, we must seize the opportunity to transition to new energy vehicles. The company will resurrect after going through trials and tribulations. With much reluctance and regret, we must transition? <laughs> what? <laughs> Wow. Sorry, we got to do this new thing that Sorry. everyone oh, wants. We, we've failed as a company because we didn't have any foresight. Unbelievable. Or, or we did have foresight, but then we were like, well, forget that. We don't need that. Well, speaking of foresight, according to Mexican news publication Vanguardia, the Chevy Blazer EV has just started production at GM's Ramos Arizpe production facility outside of Monterey, Mexico. Oh, great. I can't wait for another EV for GM to sell that nets less than 14000 a quarter. Jesse, come on. Just because GM sold 13,959 volts last quarter doesn't mean the Blazer is going to face the same fate. Why not? Well, as Vanguardia reports, according to Medina Ramirez, the first one is already on the way for delivery in the U.S. and they are producing 65 an hour. 65 an hour. So assuming, let's say, just 24-7 production, that would be over 1,500 a day and nearly 142,000 a quarter. I mean, that sounds almost far-fetched. Well, assuming these production numbers are accurate, which I would also take with a big grain of salt, but if they're true, would Model Y sales be impacted? Well, okay, so the Blazer EV comes in five flavors. The 1LT, 2LT, RS, Police, and SS. The Police? Oh, they, they make a police version. Can I buy it? If you're at a police department, you can buy oh. it. Comes with the lights and everything. So okay, they, so it's not for... Whatever. It's, okay. And it, you can't buy it now. Because okay. of these trims, the oh. 2LT and the RS are the only ones that are going to be selling this year. Do I need to take notes? The, well, hang on. Don't worry. We'll get there. So the 2LT, which is the lowest model that they're currently selling, but the 1LT will come out later. But anyway, the, the 2LT costs $47,595 and the RS costs 51995 Well, that beats the Model Y starting at 47740 yeah, by 150 bucks. I mean, let's just take a look at the stats. Let's just compare oh, okay. the lowest tier Model Y okay. and the 2LT. Which is the cheapest Blazer you can get right now. Right. So, yes, the Chevy Blazer 2LT is $140 cheaper. Isn't that amazing? And the range looks higher. It looks higher by a lot. Everywhere that's reporting the range is saying 293 miles. That's GM estimated mileage that is not EPA tested. So we're comparing okay. apples to oranges here. Okay. So I don't know. I take that with a little grain of salt. Zero to 60 time. I, I was looking. I was like, <laughs> I was like, two LT, uh, zero to 60 time. I can't find it anywhere. They only quote the SS, the top model of four seconds. Um, and the Model Y base model gets five. But the two LT, it, first of all, is going to be front wheel drive. 
Ah, yeah. Which means he's not going to have a very good. Not so good in the snow. <laughs> and not so good in the zero to 60 time either. True. Also, charging speed, mm. 190 kilowatts. Mm-mm. It's nothing to shake a stick at, but it's nowhere close to 250 kilowatts. All right, but what if I want to spend a little more? Okay, so let's move on to the RS. Okay. So I'm going to bump us up in the Model Y okay. up to the long range, okay. which beats the Chevy by $1,500, Ooh. 10 miles of range, and 60 kilowatts of charging speed. Oh. oh, and the Teslas still have access to the supercharger network and faster zero to 60 times. Oh, and, you know, the Chevy Blazer RS, again, that's GM estimated 320 miles. So take that with a grain of salt because I don't think that they're going to hit that. So I just, please tell me, though, who is buying a Blazer and not a Model Y? And also, I'm sorry, that 65 an hour number is absolute Bull. I mean, where did did they get 65 blazers like almost ready to go? And then they installed the lug nuts at the same time. They're like, ready and stop. We did it, guys. 65 in one hour. I'll bet what they did was they took a one eight hour shift and they're like, "Okay, everybody, come on faster, faster. No, no. I mean, I think they like took what they did in 24 hours and said that like they did it in eight or something. You You know what I mean? Like they played around with the numbers. There's no way they made it that fast. Yeah. But look, you have to be a little bit more unbiased. No, 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 no. I am so confident that they are lying. If they produce more than 32,000 Blazers. That's not many. In Q3, I will sell my Model 3 and I will buy a Blazer. What? Yeah, mark my fucking words. This is a fucking lie. They do. They are not anywhere close. They're not going to be anywhere close to that. This whole thing is just a little headline maker and GM knows it. They go, hey, uh, get Ramirez to say 65 an hour and that'll cause a bunch of wild speculation and our stock price will go up. And then when that number is found to be a lie, we have plausible deniability and no one will remember anyway. Wow. So yeah, so So next year you could be driving a Chevy Blazer. I will say that is, I'm only, there's a couple caveats. One is that this is only if they have one shift. Okay, if they have two shifts, well, then obviously that number is going to be higher. Okay. But I'm sticking to the 65 an hour. Power. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. They're not going to make a quarter million in Q3. There's just no <laughs> fucking well, it's way. It's too late now if they do, because you're going to be b- driving a blazer, my friend. Which which model, which trim are you going to get? I will get the 2LT. Okay. 2LT. What color? I don't care. <laughs> Whatever's cheapest. I'm not going to. Here. I'm going to. You know what? I'm going to get Chrome. <laughs> I'm going to get the police version. It doesn't matter because they're not going to do it. Comment down below if you think that he's going to lose his Model 3. (laughs) Well, would you like me to tell you about an electric British sports car concept that looks dashing, but may never come to fruition, at least at the price they're touting? Oh, do tell, old chap. Well, this is the Project 5 from Caterham a British lightweight sports car maker. Similar to how Tesla made the first Roadster using Lotus Elise body, Caterham builds many of their sports cars off the original Lotus 7. This, the Project 5, has a composite body and carbon fiber and aluminum chassis, has a 55 kilowatt hour battery pack, about 400 kilometers or 250 miles of range, they claim, zero to 60 in 4.5 seconds. There's actually a third seat in the rear. It has DC charging at 132 kilowatts. You mentioned price. Caterham is targeting less than 80,000 pounds, equivalent to about $103,000, and it's due out in late 2025, early 2026. So this is a limited edition? Caterham plans on making about 2,000 per year, so not limited edition, just they, you know, that's how many they can make. Okay, and how much does it cost to pre-order? Uh, on their website, you just register your interest. There's okay. no money down. Obviously, it's not pronounced uh, Caterham. 
It's it's going to Cutterum? It's Cutterum. Cutterum. It's Cutterum. Cutterum Project V. Yeah, I don't you know don't if it's Project know, 5 or Project... You have to pronounce it Cutterum. It's the only car you're ever going to want. I don't, I don't actually want to make fun of it. I think it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I just have a hard time believing that they can deliver at that price. Um, but then I was thinking about it. I mean... There's not that much to it. Being a lightweight sports car means that, you know, there's the battery isn't huge. Um, And if they do this a lot, which they already do, I mean, they make sports cars, so they're good at it. That looks like a lot of fun. to Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers... Hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durban Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. This is, here's the interesting thing to me, right? We've seen a lot of hypercars with 200 kilowatt hours of rain, you know, of right. battery and zero to 60 in point one second right. and all this kind of stuff. This is more of like a Miata. Yeah, I mean, this like is like an electric Miata. This is more like the original Tesla Roadster. Like, sure. And it's so small and so fun like yeah. and light. It's actually right. going to be like an, a light electric car. I think right. that some people are going to kind of go for it. Oh, but I totally do. I, I just, obviously it's, this is small potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Which but, is fine. But fun. Yeah. Fun potatoes. So there was this amazing quote that Automotive News Europe got from general manager of Ford Model E Europe, Martin Sander. He was asked if Ford would make an electric Ford Fiesta built on VW's MEB platform. And he said this. Ford has a very constructive and positive cooperation with Volkswagen, and we are possibly exploring opportunities to take that to the next level. Nothing has been decided, but I don't want to rule that out. Smaller vehicles or smaller margin, we do not have the scale of the VW Group or Stellantis in Europe. Small vehicles like the Fiesta are not the heartland of the Ford Motor Company. It's easy to spin off a derivative with very limited investment in order to make it a little more suitable for a certain part of the world. That is clearly part of our plan, but we will not create a passenger vehicle just for Europe. What? What the hell are you talking about? I mean... At first, I, I read some articles and I thought that like this was going to happen because a lot of articles kind of spun it as like, well, he didn't rule it out. Ooh, he didn't rule it out. That means there's going to be an electric Ford Fiesta built on the MEB platform. We're so excited. But I mean, now 
I mean, man, this guy sounds like how I would answer the question. If like somebody came up with a microphone and asked about Ford and I had to pretend to work there, I'd be like, oh, well, you know, uh, we might do it. We might not. I have no idea. We, we, we work really well with Volkswagen and, you know, uh, you know, smaller vehicle means smaller margin and uh, something heartland. Ford, Ford. You, you know what he's basically saying? Ford F-150, big money. <laughs> Make small big car, money. bad. <laughs> Don't <laughs> like, no likey small well, car. I mean, the the crazy part though is that he is the the electric vehicle boss of Europe, and he's going like, I don't know what the hell we're gonna do. They had not many choices at Ford. Okay, well, it's like, I love Larry, do you? I'm not working on electric vehicles. Uh, it's Steve? easy to spin off a derivative for very limited investment, but and it, that's, and it makes it sound like it's bad. And then he's like, "That's clearly part of our plan." Martin, do you know all the marketing speak for this? Oh, derivative? Yes, I know that word. No, I we're making a derivative product. Everybody loves derivatives. I took calculus in college. I think I don't remember any uh, part of it, but derivatives are good. It, it, wild, just just wild. <laughs> So Elon retweeted Tesla Asia's tweet this week. Model Y rear wheel drive now available in South Korea. That's cool. I mean, it's a small thing, but it helps lower the price and make the car available to more people. And I wanted to take this opportunity because I think still most people in the world don't know this. The Model Y will very likely be the best selling car in the world this year. It was the best selling car in the world in Q1 of this year, outselling the Toyota Corolla. Uh, 267,200 Model Ys versus 256,400 Corollas in Q1 in 152 markets around the world. So we don't have enough data yet to show the first half of the year, and obviously the year isn't over, but it is very likely that with Toyota sales slipping and Tesla sales increasing, that this will be the first year in the modern era that an electric car was the best-selling car in the world. And the reason I say modern era is because we all remember there used to be electric cars in the very early days. And I'll bet there was a year where they outsold the ICE cars because they were better. Hey, and if you want to share a story that you find here on the show, but you don't want to share the whole show because it's long, mm -hmm. uh, head on over to our Now You Know Clips channel. There we chop into little bite-sized clips that make them easy to share. Also, you can find us on YouTube Shorts and on Twitter. All right, it's time for Into the Future, sponsored by our friends at Henson Shaving. Escape into the this is a Hanson razor. It's one of the best products I've ever used. You can get one yourself and you can get 100 blades for free. They're double-sided, so you can have 200 fresh shaves. Use our code now, you know, at checkout. So many of us are getting excited about the upcoming Tesla Cybertruck, and many of us are also getting excited about the upcoming Aptera that three-wheeled, hyper-efficient solar electric car. Aptera's Gamma prototype is now undergoing wind tunnel testing at Pininfarina's wind tunnel near Turin, Italy. Yeah, Aptera designed the vehicle using aerodynamic shaped optimization software to make it what Aptera is calling the most efficient vehicle on the planet. Well, hang on. Didn't the Lightyear Zero have a coefficient of drag of just 0 0.175? Yes, Aptera seems to be claiming a 0 0.13. But I mean, Aptera is smaller. So even if its coefficient of drag isn't lower, you still multiply the coefficient of drag times the frontal area to get the total drag. So my guess is that Aptera will be right. But I think that that's why they're actually testing the car in Italy at the wind tunnel to get real world results. Yeah, this seems like really good news, especially in this financial market where funding money has all but dried up. Yeah, I think it's smart of Aptera to show that they are moving forward to keep the public and investors interested. All right, it's time for going green. 
Here's a relatively new electric car company that you probably haven't heard of. Yeah, we learned about them at the Micromobility Europe conference in Amsterdam. They're called Quantum Motors, and they're based in La Paz, Bolivia. They make this tiny two-seater tandem EV. The Quantum has a top speed of 35 miles an hour, which is 56 kilometers an hour, has a 6.3 kilowatt hour battery and a range of 50 miles or 80 kilometers. Now it only offers level one charging, but with such a small battery, that's pretty much all you need for many uses. It costs around $7,500 and the company says that so far they've sold 350 cars in Bolivia and have plans to open a factory in Mexico to boost production. Quantum Motors GM Jose Carlos Marquez says, e-mobility will prevail worldwide in the next few years, but it will be different in different countries. Tesla will be a dominant player in the US with its speedy autonomous cars, but in Latin America, cars will be more compact because our streets are more similar to those of Bombay and New Delhi than those of California. So uh, that's an interesting quote. I have not heard a single like car company executive say that Tesla is going to have autonomous cars right this is the first one i've heard mm -hmm. um and and they're they're acknowledging that well do you know why why because any other car company that acknowledges that tesla will have <laughs> autonomous cars means that they'll be out of business right but the, what they're saying is that basically those autonomous cars won't right, be able to right, make it around the streets because i mean right now they're being trained not in bolivia yeah, I have a lot to say about that. Maybe we could talk about it on Patreon bonus stories. Uh, okay. I disagree with it, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he said it. And I do agree that right now, as of this moment, mm -hmm. it is nice to have a tiny car. It's easier to park. It's easier to get around. Although if you have wall-to-wall -wall traffic, it doesn't matter. But they've been around for four years and they're actually still a, a company. And I think that's because they're actually selling their cars. Mm. So many of these companies that have been around for like 10 years Arcomoto. have barely sold anything. Mm. And that's not going to make you any money. You're just like, well, we're just going to get some more infusion of cash. Um, what I don't like about this car is the tandem. We've now sat in a bunch of tandems. And it, while it looks like it might work, if you take two adults and try to put them in a car like this, it, it feels weird for the second person. It, it depends. But I mean, again, this is this is a car that is built on compromise. Sure. But I, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's it's better than only having one passenger, I guess. Yeah, and you could just use it for groceries and stuff. Um, but again, this is a tiny company. I'm not expecting the world for this uh, tiny company. All right, it's time for Sunspots. So you know what I think may be keeping a lot of people from considering a small electric powerboat? The price. Well, yeah, but I mean, watercraft are expensive, and yet plenty of people have powerboats. I, I was thinking about how the charging infrastructure might scare me off. If I had no easy way to bring a big power circuit down to the water, I'd be like, how am I going to charge my boat? Well, I mean, there's no other way. You need like a big cable coming down from your house and you got to plug it into your boat and don't drop it in the water. Oh, no, <laughs> that, that won't happen, obviously. But so how would you like to be able to pull your electric boat into this off grid solar powered boat charger? Yeah. This is the newly revealed Power Dock by Faro. It's a Portuguese company. It's a standalone dock with a canopy of solar panels that can charge the dock's internal batteries in about 8 to 17 hours of sun. You can get the Power Dock with a 10 all the way up to a 30 kilowatt hour battery. Prices start at 135,000 euros. That's about $150,000 for the lowest capacity model and 170,000 euros or $190,000 for the highest capacity model. Okay. It's expensive, but... 
Pharaoh says the Pharaoh power dock is the first solution of its kind in the world. It is powered by 16 solar panels that charge its internal batteries in a single day in the sun. It is towable and absolutely independent from any power grid. It fits into any wide berth of any marina, but can be moored anywhere in the world, even where there are no marinas, since it can be your very own private marina. So what size boat will fit? For now, Pharaoh says it will fit any boat up to 12 meters. That's 39 feet. Or you can just buy their Pharaoh 5 electric boat. Look at that thing. Mm, cute, huh? Very woody. It is. Now, um, I think that I could build something similar. Do we have to add this to the list? A lot less money. I'm sure we could, I think actually. it's a really good solution that to is. having an electric powerboat. Because let's be honest, right? Like, do you take the boat out every single day? No. You probably take it out just on the weekend. Right. So for the rest of the week, you could just be charging via the sun. Good point. And it doesn't need to look this good. Right. And I would argue the dock does not need the batteries. Just have it plugged straight into the boat. Hmm. So why do you need all this stuff when you could, like, why well, spend $150,000? Well, okay, hang on, because when you do go out for the weekend, that's two days, right? Plus Friday night. And so you want to come back to the dock and charge up. So I think it needs batteries. I'm just saying you could do without it. I'm just saying I you can, just want I to can go solar a, panels. I can make a poor man's version. So you do more solar panels. I would do no. I'd stick with the same number. Hmm. Just charge it up over the week, hmm. and make sure that your boat has enough power to you know do all the fun stuff you want to do. Okay. I don't know. Is your power dock going to be UL certified so that we don't uh, electrocute ourselves? No. <laughs> So it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> it will be a lot cheaper. Hey, if you'd like to get solar on your house or maybe your power dock, talk to our friends at Energy Pal. They know how to put solar and batteries in your house for less. And they don't charge any money to do it. They're just really smart about all the rebates and the tax stuff and all the latest pricing. So give them a call. Link is down below. Let them know that Zach and Jesse sent you. All right, it's time for our video contributor stories. we got two this week. And remember, we need your story. Send them in to us two minutes or less. Shoot them a landscape, good audio, no music. Send them to hello at nowyouknowchannel.com. And, uh, well, what we got Will here at the Supercharged event in UK. Hi, Zach and Jesse. This is Will from the Tesla Jigsaw. The Tesla Owners Club UK have just held their biggest annual Tesla event, Supercharged, where over 500 Teslas ascended on Bista Heritage Centre. As you can see, there was a pretty spectacular turnout of modified Teslas for the Concorde d'Elegance. Plus there was a stage area with loads of interesting talks and celebrity guests too. Simon from Tesla Light Shows came along and synchronised possibly a world-breaking light show and there was even a racetrack for you to drive around. Plus Tesla themselves attended and bought the UK's first plaid models for attendees to have a go in. 1.9 seconds to 60 is bonkers. There were slightly tamer things to have a go on. Did I mention Elon came too? Sort of. Anyway, here's more nice cars to look at. Sunset, the evening began with another great light show. There was great food and a bar and a super DJ till midnight. And yes, Elon had a good dance too. 
For those winning, you could camp right there in your Tesla, and we had great fun doing so for the first time. Anyway, thanks guys for your great work in the Tesla community. I hope you enjoyed this. Now you know. So that was Will from Tesla Jigsaw YouTube channel. Really good stuff there. Go check it out. Hopefully we'll be hearing more from Will. And Mark sent us this story about the new buildings for the expansion of Lion Electric in Quebec, Canada. Hi, Zach and Jesse. Uh, this is Mark Fichette speaking from uh, Mirabel, Quebec, Canada. And I uh, just wanted to give you a sneak peek of a uh, uh, new expansion for uh, Lion Industries. Um, as you can see, uh, they've started already the delivery of uh, uh, buses and uh, large vehicles, large work vehicles, all electric. And uh, they're still in construction, but pushing hard and working hard to provide everybody with clean electric uh, vehicles. So this is uh, Mark signing off from uh, Mirabel, uh, Quebec, Canada. Take care, Zach and Jesse. Now you know. Thank you, Mark. This is awesome. I love getting news from around the world from our community. It's just, it's so awesome. That was awesome. We got reporters on the ground, yeah. guys. We got more to tell you at the end of the show, so stay tuned for the end plate. Um, but now we've got Patreon bonus stories. And if you want to help support the show and get to watch our Patreon bonus stories, plus a lot of other cool perks like mugs and stuff, head on over to patreon.com slash now you know. Um, and it's just a buck a month. So we'll see you there. All right, we're back from the Patreon bonus stories. It's time for the shout-outs. These are the important people that help support the show. They get their names on the end credits. Who do we got? We got John Ringhofer. I am. Max. You're Max? <laughs> Roger P. And Mark Pecora. Thank you so much for supporting us. We can't do this show without you. We do have a Patreon poll this week. At the $2 level, you can uh, answer our polls. And what was the question? How much will the base Cybertruck cost? Do you know what I love about our patrons? Yeah. They're almost always right. I mean, well, this is true. If you take, you know, you know that old jelly bean thing that if jar of jelly beans and, and they ask you to guess how many are in it and like you can't get the number right. But if you take really smart people and they all guess, you get a really close answer. And here's our beautiful bell curve here. So most people and I, I think that they're being a little hopeful. <laughs> I'm most people think it's in the 45,000 to 5,000, 50,000. I hope they're right. I yeah. really hope they're right. It would make such a difference. And I think maybe Ford's news this week about the F-150 will push them in that direction. I hope so. Because, yeah. I mean, look, if Ford isn't making any money on the Ford F-150 Lightning, <laughs> does does Tesla have to make any money on the Cybertruck to start with? I don't think so. <laughs> All right, it's time for Elon's Tweets of the Week. Boring Company said Proofrock One has arrived at the Westgate Resort in Las Vegas. Elon says, congrats, Boring Company team. Imagine just one day you're walking by and that thing pops <laughs> out of the ground like in Dune. <laughs> Genevieve says, Goldman Sachs projects that AI adoption will lead to an additional 0.5% in annual growth for the S&P 500 over the next 20 years. You taking the over or under? Elon says, not sure about the next few years, but AI-driven economic amplification over the next 20 years will be much higher. Austin Aldred says, by the time a man is 40, he must choose an intellectual hobby. These are the only options. <laughs> I don't make the rules. Elon says, great list. Penny2x says, energy is abundant. General labor is automated. Cat girl robots, two for every human. What does money even mean? Elon said, exactly. The Babylon Bee says, father's only spare moment to play video games spent downloading updates. Elon says, happened to me a few times. It's happened to me. I'm not even father. It happens to me. John Ehrlichman says, the first Cray 1 supercomputer shipped on this day in 1977. It cost the equivalent of $40 million. Today's smartphones have more power. 
Elon says, your phone has more computing power than the entire Apollo moon program combined. Doge designer says people get confused sometimes that they think an economy is money. Money is a database for exchange of goods and services. Money doesn't have power in and of itself. The actual economy is goods and services. That's a quote from Elon. Elon replied, he said, run the thought experiment. You're stranded on an island with no hope of rescue. You can have a pallet of food or a billion dollars. The latter has no value because there are no resources to allocate. Greg Brockman says being willing to ask dumb questions is a superpower, often by far the fastest way to get oriented in a new domain. And though perhaps counterintuitive, experts tend to love it when people genuinely want to learn about their passion area. John Carmack says, I'm pretty sure you could craft a set of 20 very diverse questions today that ChatGPT could, on net, answer better than any single human. It may not be the world's leading authority on any single topic, but the breadth of knowledge is extremely impressive. Elon said the answers sound correct, but are often simply confidently wrong. Elon retweeted Tesla charging, saying summer 2023 supercharger voting is now open. Vote for your favorite locations. Don't forget to do that, folks. Lex Friedman said, can AI become conscious? Elon said, I often wonder where consciousness starts as we progress from one cell to 35 trillion cells. If the standard model is correct, then quarks and leptons became conscious no later than 13.8 billion years from start, assuming there are no sentient aliens. By the way, where are the aliens? Lex Friedman says aliens might already be here. Elon says, I keep telling people I am an alien, but no one believes me. Twitter Daily News says news. Twitter has filed a lawsuit against four entities located in Dallas, Texas, accusing them of scraping large amounts of data. Elon says several entities tried to scrape every tweet ever made in a short period of time. That is why we had to put rate limits in place. Holmar's catalog says, why does Electrify America suck? Because Electrify America sucking doesn't really make a difference to Volkswagen's financials. Why is the Tesla supercharger network great? Because if it wasn't, Tesla would have died. Elon said, accurate. Massimo says, the surprising invisibility effect of painting chicken wire black. Elon said, maybe that's what the Rolling Stones meant. Massimo says, this is what a thousand truckloads of trash looks like. The good news is that they were removed from Rio Las Vacas, Guatemala by the Ocean Cleanup's Interceptor 6 to prevent tons of plastic from entering the Caribbean Sea. Elon said, Wow. Twitter Daily News says, News, Twitter has asked a federal court to terminate the FTC's consent order imposed in 2022. The company alleges that the agency has spiraled out of control and become tainted by bias, and that it has been pursuing a burdensome and vexatious investigation of Twitter. The order also seeks a stay that would prohibit the agency from deposing Elon Musk, arguing that the agency's desire to question him derives from the same bad faith conduct that has characterized its investigation to date. A hearing is set for August 17th. Elon says FTC overreach has gone absurdly far beyond the legal mandate granted by Congress. Weaponization of government agencies for censorship and political machinations needs to stop. Ed Krasenstein says as many Republicans call for the defunding of the FBI, let's actually take a look at what the country would look like without the FBI. Elon says, I don't think the FBI should be defunded, but there's clearly a need for reform. Doge designer says Twitter killer is dying already. Twitter versus Meta's new app threads on Google Trends. <laughs> Robert F. Kennedy tweeted out, the further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those that speak of it. That's a quote from George Orwell. Elon says, so it goes. House Judiciary GOP says, wow, Joe Biden's FTC wanted Ertz and Young to punish Elon Musk's Twitter. If they didn't, Ertz and Young feared they would be retaliated against by the government. Elon said, insanely illegal overreach by the FTC. Elon says, revenue payout to content creators will be cumulative from when I first promised to do so in February. Jay said, since Elon is monetized, it'll be nice to see what his payout is. Elon said, I gave my share to the creator payout pool. Elon Musk retweeted Starlink's tweet that Starlink is now available in Cyprus. Doge designer said, just a reminder, this is still the early stage of Twitter 2.0. Elon said, very early stage of X. Zero Hedge says, White House looks to prevent oversight of Ukraine aid. 
Elon says, why? American taxpayers have the right to know how their money is spent. Alex says, not even the FBI is safe from community notes. Elon says, everyone gets noted, including me. John of the EV Universe says, Tesla has a 68.8% EV market share in the U.S. in the first half of 2023, data via Cox. GM comes in second at around 6.5%. <laughs> Elon says, 69% market share. Dima quoted Elon saying, had an awesome Yorkie for 15 years who I named Hobbs because he was nasty and brutish and short. I'd tell people, watch out for the dog. Then they'd see him and laugh. Then he would bite them on the ankle. Elon said, haha, true. And he says, Inspector Clouseau vibes. And Elon went on to say, for fighting preparation, I'll use techniques of famous Inspector Clouseau and have Cato attack me at random moments. He said, also one punch man. So this is, of course, referring to uh, the fight, which I'm very excited for whenever the heck it happens. Everyone's talking about it, by the way. So oh, yeah. it's, it's totally working. There's more here. Elon says there is a time to laugh and a time not to laugh. And this is not one of them. <laughs> and Tesla synopsis says, Mark, see you at the Coliseum. And Elon says, I should wear that. Holmar's catalog says the steering wheel nag is actually making things more dangerous at this point. It'll be history soon. Dirty Tesla says, I think my biggest request for FSD right now is steering wheel nag to be gone. Of course, it needs to be safe, but in-cabin camera is really good. And this one simple change would make FSD much more enjoyable. Elon says, update coming soon. Hmm. Stephen Mark Ryan says, so approximately Twitter ad share payouts on tweets. Uh, and so if you do the math, it comes out to be like one cent per thousand tweets. Elon says, it's not exactly per impression. What matters is how many ads were shown to other verified users. Only verified users count, as it is otherwise trivial to game the system with bots. Holmar's catalog says, another great example of how the media lies to you by twisting the facts. If you read this, you'd think they were going out of their way to pay right-wing people instead of just sharing ad revenue with all eligible creators, irrespective of their views. And then Elon says, Liar Lorenz, who is the writer of the article. Zuby says, there are people who will hate you for not hating all the same things and people that they hate. Elon says, I hate that. Noah Smith says, men have paid off a significant portion of their student loans since 2009. Women have not. Elon said, is there a chart by college major? I suspect that this is a big factor. Aviation says, contrails from a 787 at 40,000 feet. Some people think that these are chemtrails to control our minds. Frankly, if these Illuminati care so much and are this organized, maybe they should be in charge. Unfortunately, I cannot figure out what they want us to do. Wizard says it's actually crazy how hard mainstream media wants Twitter to fail. Elon says so desperately they can taste it. Elon says great post. Pretty much the only thing that will get me to work out is fight prep. I know a lot of people love it, but I hate working out. My kids did Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for a decade. Now two of them do Muay Thai. He said, I might need an operation to strengthen the titanium plate holding my C5, C6 vertebrae together, but otherwise good to go. Smash my disc in a sumo fight. Larkening said, did you win the sumo fight despite the smashed disc? Elon says, I won the first round, but he was taking it easy on me. Twitter Daily News says, Elon and the XAI team have announced that XAI will release tools to the public as soon as possible. We'll combine text, image, and real-world AI. Details of the first product release will be out in a few weeks. Any ordinary person will be able to vote on XAI's future. Elon said, good summary. You've got to watch that uh, spaces. It's awesome. Eva Fox says, evolution of Boston Dynamics from 1983 to 2022. Elon said, scary Boston Dynamics robot videos is why Tesla is making Optimus. Sriram says, this impacts a lot of people and is pretty awful. I was once on the EB1 list and how I got my GC. And the basically is talking about how so many people are getting turned away from entering this country. Elon said, we should be actively recruiting super talented people, not putting up obstacles. Sawyer Merritt says, this notion that everyone's hardware three car is now obsolete because hardware four is rolling out is silly. Is your iPhone 13 now obsolete because the iPhone 14 came out? No, just like iPhones, your Tesla will continue to receive updates for many years to come and is plenty capable. 
Elon said, hardware three cars are actually more advanced than hardware four cars right now because it takes time to write software and the neural net train for hardware four. Sawyer Merritt said, this is the McLaren F1 that Elon Musk bought in 1999. It's on display at the Goodwood Festival of Speed this weekend. Elon no longer owns the car. Today, the car is worth about 20 million, equivalent to 500 Model 3 rear-wheel drives. According to McLaren Palm Beach, Elon owned this McLaren F1 until 2007 when he sold it at a profit despite the accident. So what happened to Elon Musk's McLaren F1? The McLaren caught fire in 2009 and was sent to McLaren Special Operations for a complete rebuild. Elon said it never caught fire due to my foolish driving. I crashed the car doing an aerial 360 on Sand Hill Road with Peter Thiel on our way to meet with Mike Moritz. You went on to say lots of good memories of that car. It's such an exquisite engineering and design. After Zip 2, I had a choice of either a house in Palo Alto or a condo plus a McLaren F1. Took me about a nanosecond to decide. Fascinating says, what do you think was the most successful lie ever told? Elon says, what was really wished for? David Sachs says, let's now hear from Western elites who have the bravery of being out of range about why these young Ukrainians need to man up and fight for the rules based international order. Why it was better to pressure Putin in Bojo's words than make peace. A surprising read from Foreign Policy, one of our leading establishment journals. It describes the terror of young men trapped in the Ukraine and hunted by conscription officers. If caught, they could find themselves on the front lines in five days fed into the meat grinder. Elon says, once again, young men who don't know each other die for old men who do. Massimo says a zombie cricket, actually a Carolina leaf roller attacked by the endoparasitoid fungus cordyceps. The fungus keeps the host alive as long as possible and directs the cricket to climb to a prominent exposed perch where spores are released. Elon says woke mind virus illustrated. Elon says, I want the best outcome for the people. Russia has at least four times the artillery of Ukraine and 10 times the ammunition. We have run out of normal ammunition to send Ukraine. So now send them cluster bombs in desperation, debasing ourselves with no change to the outcome. Unusual Whale says more than $200 billion in COVID aid dispersed by the Small Business Administration may have been stolen by fraudsters, according to a federal watchdog. This would represent 17% of the $1.2 trillion dispersed. Elon says we will increase the rate limit for verified users by 50% should take effect within a few hours. Oh, good. So you'll be able to read, you know, 16,000 tweets. Alex says, why is Luke Weir changes car farting? Elon says, my top invention ever. Jack Altman says, why is there such an apparent surge recently in public interest in longevity? Curious if there's any indicators pointing to hope for massively extended lifespans, health spans, or is it mostly coming down to well-marketed, eat less, sleep more, exercise, be less stressed? Elon said, speaking just for myself, I welcome the sweet release of death, but I would like to talk to my grandchildren before dying. Jesus. Chief Nerd says, Tucker is an absolute wrecking ball to the establishment narrative. Elon says most media are as captured as trained poodles, but Tucker Carlson is not. AIX says media want to control what you know, which is why citizen journalism is essential. That's a quote from Elon. X Twitter say no to fake media. Elon said citizen journalism is vital to the future of civilization. Hell yeah. Non-aesthetic thing says, what are you bringing? And he's talking about if you lived on this island for one year. Elon said Starlink and gaming rig. I mean, Starlink glued to a PC gaming rig. Joe Rogan says new research puts age of universe at 26.7 billion years, nearly twice as old as previously believed. Elon said, possibly dark matter is what seems most sketched to me. Ross says, what's your favorite unit list constant and why? Elon said, had a T-shirt that just said one one thirty seventh. <laughs> All right. Got through Woo. the tweets. Time for community mail time. Community mail time. Remember, share your stories, your photos, your videos with us at hello at now, you know, channel dot com. What do we got this week, Jess? KD sent us this picture of some RVs using Starlink in Miramar Beach, Florida. Nice. Jeremy spotted this Karma Rivero EV at Disney World in Florida. Nice looking car. 
John saw this car carrier transporting some VinFast EVs in Surrey, British Columbia, Canada. Seth spotted this cool wrapped Tesla in Southern California. Last sent us this Hyundai Ioniq 6 they spotted in Cheshire, UK. Russell spotted this Rivian R1T parked next to his Model 3 in Austin, Texas. Benny sent us these pictures of the new Hummer EV he saw in Temecula, California. Wayne saw this Lucid Air and the VW ID4 charging at an Electrify America station in North Charleston, South Carolina. Jeff sent us this picture of solar canopies in the parking lot of the Modesto City High School. That's nice. Mm. Jason spotted this Model S with the license plate LOL Oil in Portland, Oregon. And Dean sent us these pictures of a Subaru Solterra he spotted in Western Pennsylvania. Googly eyes. <laughs> All right, it's time for EV tip of the week. And Annie sent us two tips. Okay, so first one I get. The second one I'm going to need your help. Okay. So the first one is do not buy a level two charging unit for your home without investigating rebates from your local power company. We got a check in the mail for $500 from Consumers Energy when we bought a charger through their website. We were limited to two different brands, but we can use them both with our Tesla adapter. Both brands offered had J1772 plugs. The money we paid an electrician for the installation is also tax deductible. That's awesome tip. Number two, don't use the Tesla app to unlock the charge port when you go to your car in the morning. Just open the rear driver side door and then pull the charger out of the port. Let your phone do the unlocking. Hmm. So is that just because it's quicker? I think that this comes down to phone. Um, when I used to have my Google Pixel, my my car was really good at talking to my phone. I've since switched to a Samsung S something or other and it really sucks the bluetooth hmm. sucks 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 on it i have to restart it all the time um what i noticed was on on my pixel i could walk up to the car it would unlock and i could pull the charger out without having to unlock the rear door mm. um but sometimes i would do that trick okay well that's good so i guess it depends on your phone thank you so much annie and if you've got tips send them in to us at hello now you know channel.com because these are the kind of cool tips that i wasn't thinking about all right it's time for supercharger reviews let's see what we got out there in the world Okay, hey, what's up, Zach and Jesse? We are here at the Leon or Leon Supercharger just outside of San Antonio. It's a 10-stall supercharger, and they're rated to 150 kilowatts. We're doing about 138 kilowatts right now in our 2020 Long Range Plus Model X. Uh, there's actually plenty of stuff here. There's a bank. There's a huge HEB. There's all, it's pretty much like a mall outlet, so that's nice. I'm not entirely sure what the access to restrooms is like, but uh, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm sure there's restrooms around here too. It is a fairly tight parking lot. So if you're towing, it may be an issue. It also could be very busy here at times. I could see that very easily. Again, if you had a huge haul, that might be a problem. For Teslas that are not towing, I would say this is a nine out of 10. Teslas that are towing, I would actually say this is a seven out of 10. Now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse, coming to you from Calabasas, California. This is the V3 20 stall in Calabasas, California, located at 4799 Commons Way. It is a one of the main streets is Calabasas Way right there. It runs east-west and Commons Way is at the entrance of the mall. I say mall because there is a Rouse back that way and an Edward Cinemas and everything else that you may need. Give this a 10 out of 10. It runs just south of the 101 freeway, which runs east to west from the 405 all the way to the 23 freeway. So this supercharger has been at least three, four years in the making. Uh, they were gonna put it originally back 
that way, which is behind the Ralph supermarket. Then they decided to change the uh, coding and the uh, permits to have it be right in front of the mall, or the Commons Way Mall. And uh, yeah, it's open for business. Uh, talk to you later, and now you know. Hey, Zach and Jesse. Welcome to Tracy, California, and this beautiful Tesla V3 supercharger. There are 12 stalls, and it's right next to the freeway, so that's very convenient. There's a bunch of amenities, everything that you could possibly need. There's a BevMo, a Wiener Schnitzel, a Golden Corral, and a trash can. That's pretty much everything you need in line. There's also a Texas Roadhouse a little bit down the way, but that's kind of far. And if you're willing to jog or something, you could go. There is a bunch of stuff around here. There's a mall, a couple things. I love it. I think it is a 10 out of 10 supercharger. I've been here multiple times. My parents love it, my friends love it, everyone loves it. It's so good. So, now you know. Bye. Hey, Zach and Jesse. This is Marty Addison reporting from the imminently opening supercharging station here in Vista, California. This is the Old Town Park near Main Street and the Sinopolis uh, Cinema. We have uh, 20 superchargers, each with 250 kilowatts. And behind me is uh, a small mall that has a lot of restaurants, including Chipotle, Panera bread, um, Chinese food, massage, um, and of course, one of our favorite restaurants here in San Diego area is called Swami's. It's located within walking distance. So come check this out. It should be opening imminently, as you can see. It's all fully constructed. The superchargers all have uh, their covers on it, which say coming soon. And looking forward to having some uh, superchargers here in North San Diego County, close to Oceanside and Vista, California. So now you know. Thank you so much for doing supercharger reviews. We can't do them without you because, well, I'm not in half the places that you were at. <laughs> um, and you can check all of those out on our website, nowyouknowchannel.com. And that's where you submit them as well. All right, so we got new superchargers in the world, and Jesse. It's uh, three pages oh, long. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow, I thought we had a reprieve last no, week. No, it's hit again. So get ready. Here we go. We have the 12-stall in Gudvengen, Norway. Number 28 in South Carolina is the 8-stall in Ridgeland, South Carolina. Number 370 in California is the 8-stall in Vernon, California. We got the 12-stall in Clackamas, Oregon. We got the 3-stall in Pearl Sea City, China. Got number 75 in Sweden, the 24-stall in Helsingborg, Sweden. Number 62 in Australia is the 6-stall in Dandenong, Victoria. The 28-stall in Tastrup City in Tastrup, Denmark. Number 23 in Denmark is the 12-stall in Copenhagen North. Number 38 in Oregon is the 8-stall in Portland. Number 118 in the United Kingdom is the 16-stall at Thurrock. Number 142 in South Korea is the 8-stall in Gangwa, South Korea. Number 80 in Taiwan is the 6-stall in Tainan. Number 111 in Norway is the 4-stall in Rain, Norway. The two-stall 120 kilowatt in Nuzhang, China. The two-stall 120 kilowatt in Gongshan, China. The two-stall 120 in Dequing, China. The two-stall 120 kilowatt in Chongqing, China. The three-stall in Zhuchen, China. The three-stall in Beijing, China. The six-stall at Langfang, China. The three-stall in Binzhou, China. The eight-stall in Shenzhen, China. The eight-stall in Shenzhen, China at the Jinang Business Building. A three-stall in Nangchang, China. The two-stall 120 kilowatt in Wuhan, China. Number 23 in Tennessee is the 12-stall in Nashville. 
Number 34 in Michigan is the 12 stall in Stevensville, Michigan. Number 60 in New Jersey is the 16 stall at Cranberry at Fours Gate Drive. Number 34 in Indiana is the 12 stall in Evansville. The 6 stall in Taizhou, China. The 3 stall in Hangzhou, China. The 3 stall in Jisha, China. The 6 stall in Shaoxing, China. The 3 stall in Ningbu, China. The 3 stall in Jiajing, China. The 6 stall in Shangyu, China. The 3 stall in Wenzhou, China. The 3 stall in Hangzhou, China. The 3 stall in Hangzhou at the Zhufang International, China. The 3 stall in Zhangjian, China. The 3 stall in Heiwan, China. The 3 stall in Bozhou, China. The 3 stall in Luzhou, China. The 6 stall in Ningbu, China. The 3 stall in Changshu, China. The 6 stall in Shanghai. And number 1761 in China, number 5314 in the world is the 6 stall in Shanghai at Puto Metro, China. That's a lot. And you made it to the end. Thank you so much for watching and being a part of our super community. And you're all caught up in the news for now. <laughs> uh, but since you're here, we wanted to tell you uh, that we're continually looking for ways to improve our news coverage here on Tesla Time News. So if you happen to be a YouTuber and you cover Tesla, EVs, solar power, wind power, batteries, sustainability, and you're interested in joining our team, just like we now have a couple of editors from around the world, a couple, <laughs> a lot. Uh, we want to bring different perspectives to the show, just like we have with our video contributor stories from all around the world. We'd like to bring news stories, and we figured if you're a YouTuber, you already have the equipment and the know-how on how to make yourself look good in a great-sounding video. You don't have to quit your day job or anything. We're just looking for the occasional contribution. We can help bring people to your YouTube channel. So if you're interested, there's a Google form below. It's in the show notes. It'll just take a minute to fill out, and then we'll be in touch, and maybe you can be a part of the show. I think it'd be really cool. Anyway, thank you again to you, people who are here on this list. Uh, these are our patrons who help make the show possible. They support us at the $5 or more level, which really makes a difference in bringing you the show. Um, because, you know, you might be watching this and going like, well, it only took an hour. Um, but no. <laughs> it, it actually takes two or three days to, to prepare the show. It takes our team of editors hours and hours and hours to edit the show. There's a lot of work to bring you the show every week. We hope you're enjoying it, but it, it takes a lot of work along with all the other stuff we do. So you guys supporting us makes the world of difference. We'll see you next week. Now, now you know. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.